praise in your holy name, Lord. Before the request, there was already the answer. Before the question, you were already there, Father. Before you created these worlds, you were there, Father. Oh, Jesus, we give you glory tonight, Lord. For there's victory. There's victory in the body. And we claim it tonight, Lord. Father, confirm your word tonight. Even as we hear the word, may the Spirit of God breathe through this congregation. If there's cancers, may they leave the bodies of your people. If there's diseases, if there's afflictions, may the power of God strike our sisters, strike our brothers, touch our older ones, touch our younger ones. May the Spirit and the power of God move through us, Lord. Every fiber, God. Catch us away, Lord. Catch us away, Lord Jesus. May your word be alive to our hearts tonight, Jesus. We invite you. We invite you, Lord. Be the speaker. Be the hearer. Be the doer of the word, Lord. We humble ourselves. We have needs among us. May the Holy Spirit move in every individual. Those that could not be here, we pray that you'd be with them, Lord. Protect them on the roads, the families, the individuals, Lord. We give you this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 30. Glad to see so many made it safely to the house of God. And we want to respect your time tonight and we want you to get home safely. Yeah, that's good, Brother Joe, number three. That's fine. First Kings chapter 18, we're going to speak tonight on restoring prayer in the family. And well, we just want the Lord to speak to us on the subject of prayer. And uh, just uh, may our hearts um, be drawn closer to the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 30. This is actually Elijah on Mount Carmel as he had his mountain experience. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. It's the ministry of Elijah to build the altars. And those that are anointed under his ministry will also work in restoration. There will be ministries of repairing and bringing back broken down altars. So tonight, that's the anointing we're under as we came, as it's already come through Elijah the prophet. But the Lord is still here. And through his word, repairing broken altars. In verse 31, Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones... He built an altar in the name of the Lord. Stones is a revelation. Experiences. With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the altar as great as would contain two measures 
of seed. And he put wood, he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, do it the second time. Amen. And they did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time. And they did it the third time. Isn't this so opposite of wanting fire to come, is to be pouring water on? Is it opposite? But God was going to show that God's power and His fire is greater than anything. I pray that He would come tonight and consume us, Lord. Here, here we are tonight. Take these altars that you've built up now. Hallelujah. My, verse 35, and the water ran round about the altar and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me. That this people, he's praying. He's praying. Hallelujah. He's a good example. Hear me, O Lord, hear me. That this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Praise God. It would do some of you really good if the Lord would do something special for you. It would just vindicate it. That he's turned your heart back. Hallelujah. Tonight could be your night for him to put another stone up. At his word. And that he's turned our hearts. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice. And the wood. And the stones. And the dust. And lift up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. And they said, the Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. Amen. Amen. And when God comes down, there's no man worship involved. There's no prophet worship. There's no ministry elevated. It's God. The Lord answered our prayers. The Lord has done a miracle. May the Lord bless your hearts tonight as we have, as you have your seats. Amen. Restoring prayer in the family. This is good scripture. Because it restores our attention back to the Elijah ministry. Which we're under tonight. And those that are anointed under that ministry, they work in restoration. There's a repairing going on. There's a transformation in your life. There's bringing back from broken down altars. Altars of worship that has maybe vanished out of your life. It's time for them to be restored. Altars of consecration that might have got broken down by cares of life. Or things of this world. It's time for them to be restored. Altars of dedication. Where you as a person, you as an individual, dedicate your life to God. Where families begin to sense that there needs to be a family altar or a gathering together. Let's bring things together. That's a work of an Elijah ministry. 
And those that are under that ministry and under that anointing, that's what God does in their lives. Things that are broken down, He builds them back up. Your prayer life. And I thought tonight, if not just one, but if all of us could pray more to the Lord, tonight's service would have been achieved. I was thinking today as I was just walking through the house, just taking a little break through the kitchen, I thought, Lord, I wonder if it would please your heart if more of your people prayed to you, you would answer their prayers and confirm. And, you know, prayers isn't just so much for God, it's for us too. It means that we believe in God. We're here on a Wednesday night because we believe something good's going to happen in this service. And the Bible says, I will restore all the years. That's exactly what it means. So all the years things could have gotten broken down, God's here to restore. So nice to see Sister Eleanor. It's been about two months and she was getting lonely. I'm glad you're here tonight. Amen. The best thing to do when you get lonely is come to church. Or if you're sick, just come to church. God will heal you. Amen. If you're out on the internet and you're sick, may you be healed tonight. Amen. Just be healed. Restore the altar, Lord. It's a cry of the Word and the elect's heart tonight. I'm going to show you quite a few quotes on the screen tonight and we'll share this together. Brother Branham in, in Kansas said, You see, when you go to praying for somebody, something goes to taking place. There's where we fail, friends. Not praying. Prayer is the keynote. Ask and you shall receive. You have not because you ask not. You ask not because you believe not. Ask abundance that your joys may be full. Ask and believe that you receive what you ask for. Then hold on to it and don't leave it. If, you've, if the altars collapse behind you, it's time to turn around and build up that altar. Don't leave it. In, in questions and answers, Brother Branham said, speaking about this, God said, look, William Branham, I'm going to make you answer for that group of people, what you tell them. Now, do you want them all to shout? Sure, I want them to shout. Do you want them all to speak with tongues? I want every one of them to do you want them all dance to dance in the Spirit? I want every one of them to. All right. Well, that's very good. But what would you rather have them to do? He said, I'd rather have a church that had such a burden on their heart for prayer that they just stayed at this altar and would be here day and night and everything else and in their house was constantly in prayer and humble, and trying to get people to come to God, and making calls at the hospital, and visiting the sick, and trying to get people to come to church and do right. I'd rather have that than all the other put together. Although the other is right, it belongs in the church, but if I had to have it, I'd put that first. Because if you've got that, the other will take place. Hallelujah! then Lord, let us be a praying church. Let us be a people that believes in prayer. Say, Brother John, that's all kind of passed away, and I really don't know what you're talking about. Well, this is a good place to start. Wednesday night prayer service. And when you pray for someone in the hospital, like Brother Sterling, they come out of the hospital. 
Because we believe in prayer. And if God would call one of our saints home and they would go on to that other place, then blessed in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of His saints. We believe that with all of our hearts. I'm sure most of you heard today that Billy Graham passed away today at 99 years old. Brother Branham called him uh, the anointing that was on him, one of those that went to Sodom. Billy Graham and Or Roberts and how they went to Sodom and blinded the eyes of the Sodomites. But I'm glad for an Elijah message that restored the altar for us. And they say it's the end of an era or the end of a time. And I believe that's true. But we believe for the bride that though there be seasons change and eras change and people come and people go, that there's a bride that's moving right on in a rapture. And this altar of prayer is going to put us into a rapture. Hallelujah. Some of you might not know, but Brother Billy Graham's wife, Sister Ruth, was actually born in China to a missionary, a family, and lived there for 16, 17 years. And I thought how ironic that tonight that some of our believers would be in China. Brother Tom and Brother uh, Murphy, which needs our prayers, and Brother Ron Spencer and Brother Glenn and Brother Kim Dingwall and those uh, students that are there. We pray for them tonight. So we see now these ministries merging, some blinding, but some opening eyes. And God has opened your eyes. So here we are at this end time hour. Let's look at another place. Uh, Before I read this quote about Korea, because it was already in my mind as Brother Branham's going to speak about it, I was listening to a prayer line today. I just listened through the whole prayer lines throughout the whole day as I was studying. And there was a lady that came up in the prayer line and, and Brother Branham went back into her life and said that you have a son that fought in the Korean War and he's had shock. And he's very nervous. And he began to just deal with the sister. And, 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 pray, and he prayed for, can you believe that a person can stand in proxy for someone else? And for Brother Branham to declare healing on someone else because of a mother standing here? How many believe that? Oh, you say it just has to be around us or in the sound of my voice. No prayer goes beyond these walls. And he prayed for that mother's son and that shock left him. Amnesia can leave your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife, a relative, right while you're in this service. You can stand for someone and they be healed. Be be delivered. Do we believe that tonight? Say, I don't know about, put up a stone. Put up a revelation. Put that up here. So that's what got my heart to thinking as Brother Branham in Owensboro was saying, well, down in Korea where the revival's going on, the Methodists and Baptists and Presbyterian are having great healing services, speaking with tongues and everything. And, and they say, are, th- are all of these Pentecost? That was the question. He said, there's none of them Pentecost. They're all Methodists and Baptists and things. But it just, it just is such a pull and a strain. They just had to start praying. And when you get spiritual, God will take care of the rest. Hallelujah. Someone say, well, are they part of our church? Or are they this or that? Brother Branham said, no. But because of a pull and a strain, people got to praying. And he said, when you get spiritual, God will take care of the rest. 
The rest of it just comes automatically. The main thing is start praying. And the rest of it will be all right. Boy, we need to build an altar of prayer then. Lord, restore up this. Elijah was anointed to build up the altar and build up this altar. We are getting anointed to build up these altars. If you Baptists here tonight and you Methodists, you just start in your church. Just pray and get all your church to praying. You ministers do the same. So I'm fulfilling the word of a prophet for ministers to do the same. Get the church to praying. Just get the people to praying real good and the rest of it will take care of itself. God will take care of the rest. Now, do we serve a great God tonight? Does He answer prayers? So it's not a relationship between you and the preacher. You and, uh, and somebody else that needs to pray. No, you begin to pray. You get your life right with God and God will answer your prayers. So glad to see the Haynes family here tonight and some of the young people on the way to service Sunday morning was um, struck. They were struck uh, another vehicle and they weren't able to be here Sunday. And I'm glad you're in our church tonight. Are we thankful to have four of our young people here tonight? Friends, do we realize how blessed we are? God watches out for us. He takes care of his own. Prayer really works. And we need to be thankful that we're in the house of God and not in a honky-tonk somewhere, watching a movie at home and just being so happy being a religious person. I'm glad that God prods us a little bit. And that's not works. That's the power of God saying, I want to do more for you. Hallelujah. That's the cry in the elect's heart. Friends, just get into prayer and God will take care of the rest of everything. God's got everything under control. It's us that get out of control. It's us that starts getting caught up in life. Anybody else notice that Satan's trying to bring distractions? Things of this world isn't going to get us in a rapture. Politics, sports, study to, you know, our schoolwork isn't going to get us in a body change. There's a time to close the school, school book and say, Lord, I'm turning my heart towards the Word. I'm turning my heart toward the things that are right. Now, some of the outreach team prepared uh, a little track for us tonight, a call to prayer. You might have noticed it in the, in the foyer as you were coming in. If you didn't get one, you're free to take one. Just an accumulation of some quotes of Brother Branham. And in that uh, message, I'm going to start from the back of it, because I know some of you were starting from the front. So I'm starting from the back. <clears throat> He said, we should be constantly giving ourselves to the Word of God and prayer, studying the Word. You say, I think that's the preacher should. You know. I think people that are older should. No, I think all of us should. I'm setting my heart toward the Word. I'm going to give myself more to the things of God. Just a prayer going up like, Lord, give me a greater desire. Give me a passion for the truth. People believe fake news and they'll start uh, aligning their lives up in some way and it's all fake. 
And how much the truth of God, you see people hear the word and they hear truth and they're so skeptical, they wonder, they're trying to figure it out and it's, it's time to just take the word of God and say, I'm thankful for a word that can wash me, cleanse me, oh God. Right in this meeting, someone that's never been born again could be filled with the Holy Ghost and the lights could come on. Just One of our children, one of our dear mothers that has been pressing for years and mechanics and here, but the lights have never really come on. All of a sudden, the Holy Ghost fall on her. I saw it in our last winter camp. Some that I've never seen God move on like before, smitten by the Holy Spirit and just quivering and shaking for hours under that impact. Say, what do you do after Mount Carmel, after Mount Baker? This is why we're coming back to this. Fill it with prayer. The ministry ought to be first partaker of the fruits and know what the sheep need. After Mount Carmel, Elijah, he, he knew that there was going to be a, a time when he needed to, to just pray it out and get alone with God. And oh, on Mount Carmel, he's screaming out and calling down fire. And then he's running from a woman's threat in a few minutes. Some of you have been the same. We all are human, friends. But I'm glad there's a spiritual element that drives us back to God. Drives us back to the Word. I know this is many times stressed in a certain area and I don't want you to become, think that we're legalistic or trying to work things up. That's not our motive. But Brother Branham in Expectations was speaking about the scripture about those that sigh and cry for the sins that are done in the city. And we know that it's not just Cloverdale or Langley or Vancouver or Bellingham, but it's those things that would be happening amongst the believers that people are burdened about that. Burdened for lost souls or burdened for families that you could touch or burdened for uh, maybe it's a a marriage or a, a situation that you can reach out. Where is the burden for people today? And he's speaking to the ministry here. He said, clergymen, could you mark out on your hands ten people tonight in this city that sign and crying day and night for the wickedness and things that's done in the city? Ten. He's talking to ministers. Does anybody in this audience now know where you could put your fingers on five people that sigh and cry day and night for the sins and things of the city. So it's not just sins, but it's, it's their well-being. It's their, how are they growing? When, when it says sins and things, it's not just people that are doing wrong and backslidden. It's things. It's neglect or it's areas we could do better in. So he said, could you put your fingers on five people that sigh and cry? The Bible said to set a mark on those who sigh and cry. That's right. No more burden for lost souls. It's all gone. You know, the world has a way of taking out of us things that should be there. And Elijah's ministry was, let's restore the altar. Let's bring it back to the way. True worship. He said, watch this. He said, we've joined church and settled down. Oh, he said, that's all, that's all necessary. Now, Brother Branham's really getting into the way some people think how they just settle down. 
And how we get, he said, sin is so sneaky. And it sneaks right up on you before you know it. I think some of our families know that. We're speaking for the family tonight. And how prayer has been bombarded with so many other things. There used to be time family spent together. Family meals and family altar was very common. Even people that was in the world would have a family Bible on their coffee table. Now it's a television. Now it's an Apple device. or Now it's some other device. And it's traded the place of the Bible. And even as believers, we've got to be careful that we don't just settle down. Sin is very sneaky. And he said it sneaks right up on you before you know it. That's the way it does. It'll grab you like an old toboggan slide used to be and it's got you. The devil does that. He said, brother, let's get plumb back off his territory. Let's come back to God. Come back to the altar. Rebuild the altar again that's been torn down. Every day, Satan's wanting to tear your altar down. Tear respect down. Tear your virginity down. Get your mind all muddled up. Get us all nervous. Just get people tore up to where they can't pray. Tonight, I'm down here with you. I'm not preaching at anyone. I'm not the master of prayer. I'm not the one that is is saying I'm way up on the mountain and I'm some prayer warrior. I'm speaking this with you like it was another person speaking to me also. I'd be saying amen to this. Lord, help me not to just be convicted, but then to receive it as an encouragement. Lord, you want to answer our prayers. You want to do miracles for us. It's already done. The battle's over. Come back to the altar. Rebuild the altar that's been torn down. He said, and build up your home. Build up your home. Take them cards off the table, all of them old love story magazines, and open up the Bible and read the Bible and pray. Say, Brother John, we're way down the road. We are way up in the capstone. We're so near the end, brother. We're so up there that the, it, we're so on the pointed edge of, I don't know what you're talking about, friends. This is right down where we're living. Then if we're way up there dancing on the point of the capstone, there ought to be perfect love all over the place. There ought to be just things happening, supernatural. And there is. In just a few minutes, I'm going to give you a dynamic testimony that has just happened in the last week. But we need to open up our Bibles. Read the Bible. And pray. Say, how do you do that? Open up your heart. Little children, they born from their mother's womb and they just start talking, yapping, talking baby language and then they start making sense later down the road. They know exactly what they mean. But pretty soon it begins to make sense. But God hears our prayers. Don't get down, he said, and say, bless my family, Mary and Joe and John and all of them, and get in bed. We're all guilty. We pray for our family, bless my family, Mary, Joe and John and all of them, and Susie and Jane and Uncle Ann and Grandpa and get in bed. He said, no, sir, stay there with God. Oh, this is good for us. You know, it's very good. Let's turn to Joshua chapter 5 before we go to the... 
Joshua chapter 5. I only had three different scriptures for us to look at tonight. This is the second. Joshua chapter 5. We read about Elijah and rebuilding the altar. This is Joshua chapter 5. If you just go back to chapter 4 and look at verse 19. This is the children of Israel that had gone through the wilderness and they're coming into the promised land. But Joshua chapter 4 verse 19. It was on the 10th day of the first month. That's April the 10th. Because April became the first month in the Jewish calendar. On the 10th day of the first month that they encamped in Gilgal. And if you remember in Exodus 12, 3, that was the day, April the 10th, that they took the lamb. That's Exodus chapter 12, verse 3. And so you look down through here, it's, it's actually the very same season and the very same time, and we're going to see that they came over into Gilgal on the 14th day of the month. So that was the day, April the 14th, was token night. That's Exodus 12, 6, if you want to reference that. So it's right at the same time things happen to the older generation, happening to the new generation. They cross Red Sea, you're going to cross Jordan. What God did for the older ones, He's doing for the new generation. It's not a different message. It's all the same message. It's not a different message. So I just wanted to drop that in there. So they crossed over. Chapter 5, verse 2. So after they crossed here, they crossed Jordan, which was another supernatural miracle. And this is our focus now, speaking about prayer. At that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, Make these sharp knives and circumcise again, the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the heel of the foreskins. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised. Or we would say... They had the Holy Ghost. They applied the token and they circumcised them. But all the people that were born in the wilderness, by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, they had not circumcised. They had neglected circumcision in the new generation for 40 years. So it was like they came out of Egypt with a mighty hand and God delivered mom and dad from smoking, and drinking and all this. We come 40 years. We come into Jericho and the very first thing that's got to happen in order for the church to move forward is the new generation has got to be circumcised. Verse 6, For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed. Because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord, unto whom the Lord sware that he would not show them the land which the Lord sware unto their fathers, that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. And their children, 
whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised. You say, why? Because we're not going to have victory in the promised land if the children don't have the Holy Ghost. Is that what it means? So you can have great victories and cross and God doing miracles and a great revival collectively, but individually there's got to be a personal circumcision. So they circumcised that generation that had not been circumcised. And they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them by the way. And it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. Or that means a rolling. There had to be a time of the rolling away of the reproach of Egypt. God was saying to Joshua, we're not going to go any further until the reproach of the world is out of the camp. Moms and dads have had their experience. They've come this far. But the new generation must have a personal circumcision. I know this is Wednesday night, but it's much deeper, and we could take a lot more time here. That's what happens after great revivals, winter camps, summer camps, conventions. Collectively, God could be doing a great move, but individually, we will miss it if if the individual isn't circumcised. Circumcision has to do with cutting away excess flesh, things that aren't necessary. Desires, habits, ambitions, family strains. Just lay all that aside. God through Joshua said, this is a new generation. They must have the Holy Ghost. In verse 9, which is where I want to bring your attention and even bring it for tonight, after Mount Baker camp and after these revivals. For God to restore and alter or bring Gilgal to our attention, we must give attention that our children and young people and families has got to be circumcised or there will not be future victories. So it's a rolling away of the reproach. Look in verse 10. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover... On the 14th day of the month, that's April the 14th. So they crossed over on April the 10th. They circumcised and were healed in their tents for these days. So now the 14th day of the month, here they were in the plains of Jericho. And verse 11 is a very important verse. They did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover on 11 cakes and parched corn in the self-same day. In other words, the same diet they'd had in Egypt under the token, the new generation's got to have that. Are we all together tonight? This is restoring the altar. Bring the altar back. There's been stones scattered all throughout the, the wilderness. There's been all kinds of unbelief and rebellion, stubbornness. And we heard about it Sunday night, how within three days, within seven days, within 30 days, people murmur, complain. And God says, not so now. The new generation must be circumcised. 
I'm going to let you cross Jordan to know that the God that did it before is with you now. Our last verse is verse 12. Another important verse. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of manna, children of Israel, manna anymore, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. So the quail stopped, the manna stopped. Moses struck the rock and, and the water followed them, a type of Christ. But that all stopped when they crossed Jordan. The mixed multitude ain't going to make it now. You've got to be a believer. Go dig a well. I say this to you after our winter camp experience. If you want water, you go dig a well. If you want more of an experience of victory, go eat on the old corn of the land and get nurtured and go to your place. This is good encouragement tonight because in Joshua, when it says, Moses, my servant is dead, now therefore arise and go over. That's the marching orders of the church. That is, arise and go over. Moses gave you a shout. But now when you come to Jericho, you're going to shout. So there's been a message, and it came through a prophet, we would say. He restored the altar back. But now in their very first victory, coming up to Jericho, they had to be in silence, which is the seventh seal. But they had to know when to shout. Not Moses. Moses, my servant, was dead. Now they were under a commission. Arise. Go over and possess the land. Oh, you say, I want the good old days. No, this is the good old days. They say, oh, I want it the way it used to be. No, God has brought you to now. Build the altar now. Restore your prayer life now. God help all of us. He said, I want to give you a little secret. This is on your last page of your booklet, if you want to follow along. The Lord has blessed me greatly And to whom I give praise for praying for the sick. And I have watched it through these years and I have found it to be the absolute truth. I can never, never get my prayers through till actually I get right into the real fellowship with the person I'm praying for. You've got to get down and feel that person's condition. And Laodicea tries all of us right here because we want to just be are so selfish and me and my family and us. No, friends, we are a body. We've got to get down and feel their condition. Do you want to do that tonight? I do too, friends. Now watch fully now. I had this on my heart Sunday night when I was speaking about the token. Full, fully obedience to the whole Word of God entitles us to the token. Then when we pray, we must have the token to present with our prayer. If you say, I pray, Lord, uh, but really I haven't. He said, well, there you go. You just might as well stop. Go in first and get the token. Because that, that tokens what He will recognize. See, yes, sir, when we pray then we must present the token. Amen. The token isn't the same as prayer. If you have the token, 
we can pray. Oh, you say, well, I have the token, so I don't need to pray. No, that's backwards. When we pray, we present the token. Lord, this is your word. It's already done. I have need of healing. I have need of deliverance. We have need of a move of God, say, in in your family or in your marriage. You present that with your token. It's so powerful. If just one of you caught a hold of this tonight and went back home and said, you know what? I pray God give us a revival of prayer in our lives. And Lord, we've been so busy with other things. Why can't we just say no to these things and give more time to God? I believe the new generation must experience what it takes to be a Christian. I believe that with all my heart. And I'll just say something here because sometimes after camp and uh, young people come back home and I, and I mention that concern on Sunday night that I wonder what some family lives are like. I really wonder what some home atmospheres are like. Even in our church, I wonder. But I want to say that's not an excuse. If it's bad or if it's not the way it ought to be, there ought to be some Gideons around here. There ought to be some Gideons that are willing to stand up and say, but I'm going to be a believer in this household regardless of what's going on around me. Friends, don't be so sloppy and lazy and slothful that you just lower your standard because people around you are doing that. You be the one to stand up. If everyone else is sliding and getting cold, you don't have to do that. You be the revival. You can pray, God, set my heart on fire. You'll be surprised what God will do for others around you. There's some right in our church that have testimonies of when, when they did have an experience with God and when they went back home, it wasn't the way it ought to be. But they just maintained the course. They said, I don't need to watch that television. I don't need to mess around with all your jokes and frolic and nonsense. I'm not going to be part of all this tearing down. I I can be separate. Some of them are right in this service tonight. And you know what that did for that family? They finally realized, we don't need the television. We don't need to be sliding back. You know what, son? You're exactly right. You know what, daughter? You're exactly right. After, you know, all the religious spirits and everybody, oh, we're so religious, and what are you doing going to your room and pray? You know, for, oh, let's have a family altar. Okay, no, we, you know, and, and we get into this haughty thing. You know, there's too many Pharisees. Just take the sword and cut that right off. I, I think it's good when people want to pray. People want to draw close to God and listen to a little message. Do you all believe that? It's stones being put up. It's the altar being repaired. It's the Holy Ghost moving. I like this one too. Confessing our faults one to another and praying one for the other. There you are. With love. Love that I've got confidence. I can confess to you my wrong. You can confess to me you're wrong. I love you well enough that I will pray for you and you pray for me and will stay with it with an effectual, fervent prayer until it's answered. And we've all been wrong, including myself, in this area. 
You find out about a need or a problem and pretty soon you're out with your little device. The Bible doesn't say text always, email always. It says pray always. Have you brought that to the Lord? Have you given that to the Lord yet? Oh no, I asked Grandpa so-and-so and Uncle Su- you know, and Auntie Susie and Uncle... No, have you talked to the Lord? And sometimes we, we should feel so ashamed that the Lord is second, third, fourth. After the professor or the boss or... No, God is with you. God is on our side. I'm on the Lord's side. He's on our side. I think the Lord loves us. That's why He talks to us. I'm trying to get to this testimony. Brother Branham prayed, Lord Jesus is my prayer. Let me look away from the cares of life. Lord, I know we are just a common people, uneducated. We have not much of this world's goods, but we love you, Lord. Amen. I could use a little bit more of the love of God in my heart tonight. That's why I came to church. We can lick off one another. Hallelujah. Little bit of honey out there. Little bit of worship. Don't you like that? I loved it tonight to come out here and hear coming back at us. I don't even have to ask Brother Derek. Brother Derek has spent more time in prayer this week than before. I noticed it in his song leading tonight. Hallelujah. You can tell when someone's been with Jesus. You can tell when a person's sweet. Did y'all take that okay? Amen. I'd like to say that about you. Amen. I can tell you've been with Jesus. Look at this. and This is the scripture. Paul said, I would therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands, without wrath and doubting. And Brother Branham said, you may laugh too much. You may talk too much. You may walk too much. But you'll never pray too much. And he's quoting the scripture. I would that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. Well, I was doing that today. I was lifting up my hands or yesterday. And I thought, my, the people, I was driving. I thought, if I'm doing this, people's going to think I'm giving all kinds of signals and stuff. And I went over there and I knelt down. Did you ever feel like, you know, the briars stuck you and the floor was too hard? Did you ever have that? I'm quoting out of Toledo, Ohio. So the briars are coming through and the floor is too hard. Did you ever have that? That's the time to press on. Press on, little bride. That's the devil trying to keep you from it. Move right on. As long as you're doing right, you can't be doing wrong. See, you can't go this way when you're going this way. And I know it's right to pray. And I just kept on praying. And the wind blew and a sticker hit me in the face. I just said, thank you, Lord. (laughs) And kept on praying. Hallelujah. So many of us would hit a stick. We would, oh, oh, we, we'd probably be calling 911 or something. Say, that ended my prayer. We're, we're so baby sometimes. Drama queens. Drama kings. You know, people, oh, man, the phone rang. I got a text. And it's on your mind, on your mind, on your mind. And you've got to go see. Friends, let's get tuned in to God. The Lord's trying to call you, text you, give you a message. 
That could be my friend. He's my friend. I know it's been said before, but if your cell phone is the last thing you look at before you go to bed and the first thing you look at in the morning, there needs to be some rearranging. We didn't have cell phones 30 years ago. I'm sorry if I'm hurting your feelings, but 30 years ago, life was a lot simpler. But now it's like it's the last thing and the first thing. Why don't you get up and just talk to the Lord a little bit? Open your Bible. Take a shower. Oh, you say, no, i got to check. There might have been something happened last night. You're exactly right. 30 years ago, it just happened. Time went on. And if you wanted to, had a big, huge problem and needed to go talk to Brother Paul for counseling, by the time three days, were, you know, you got to him, the husband and wife would have figured it out by then. Or, or your feet would have got tired. You know, we better head back, you know. And what were we going to see you for? And hello, Brother Paul. We just wanted to say God bless you. And the weather's wonderful, isn't it, Sister Tracy? Yeah, it is. And all your problems, you know. Friends, we're, we're just too caught into life now oh a sticker hit my face oh thank the Lord now watch this after a while I got lost in the spirit how long has that been did you ever get lost in the spirit excuse me for talking fast he said like a bush on fire but I'm trying to hurry up I am too But I just got lost in the Spirit. I didn't hardly know where I was. I heard that bell ring because it was time to eat. I heard the bell ring. But I was having too good a time with God then to think about supper. And the bell rang and rang. You say, Brother Branham, sister, right or brother right, they're ringing the bell for you. You're going to have squirrel soup tonight. My favorite. And he said I was having too good a time. I, I say, Lord, give us more good times like that. And the bell rang and rang, and I know it was getting dark. And I was just praying. I said, thank you, Lord, for your goodness. And down there at Milltime, t- Milltown that day, I went on out to Mr. Wright's to eat supper. And here he sits right here. I was looking at some pictures today of Brother and Sister Wright. We've been to their home there. Really poor place. I said, Brother Wright, I, I must go up on the hill to pray. And I went up up there and knelt down in the bushes and I was praying, thank you, and stickers sticking me. It seemed like I couldn't quit praying. And I heard the dinner bell ring. This is another message now. Same, same account. I heard the dinner bell ring and I know that Mother Wright wanted us to come. And I just kept on praying and praying. I said, Lord, what would you want me to do? And all at once, here come that light come right down through a dogwood bush, shine right down on me. And I heard a voice say, go by the way of Carter's. And that was enough. Six words. Go by the way of Carter's. Wouldn't you like to know that you had stayed long enough till God answered your prayer? Go by the way of Carter's. Here she was. Georgie Carter. She had a need. Like a little lamb caught in a thicket. She had tuberculosis. Do you all see that bed and that piano? Here it is, the same bed, 
50 years later, 1993. I just have this little photo here. Sister Georgie Carter, same bed, same chair. And that's little Timothy, our son. 25 years ago. I'm bringing this down to a close to bring in your testimonies. This is Sister Georgie Carter's testimony and how she had tuberculosis. We don't have time to, to read all this, but you can certainly read on it yourself. And how she had been reading this, uh, the message of Brother Branham, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, and was so desperate for Brother Branham to come by. So when Brother Branham came by and saw her, remember he had been praying out in the woods, she weighed only 50 pounds and could barely whisper. And he told her that if they prayed together and she promised she would serve the Lord all her life, he believed she would get well. It didn't happen right away. But two weeks later, he was deep in prayer in the woods until after dark when suddenly an amber light shone down upon him and a voice resonated, Go by the way of Carter's and Georgie will be healed. He immediately made his way by car over the next eight miles of dirt roads to Milltown, Indiana, where Georgie Carter lay at her parents' home. Now, this is another uh, uh, Gideon. This is a female Gideon. She was going to respond in spite of her parents. That day, she had cried herself to a state of complete exhaustion, all the while asking God to heal her. Her mother was so deeply distressed, not only because her daughter lay near, near death, but because she thought William Branham was claiming to be something he wasn't and had got her daughter all worked up and confused. Now, now Miss Carter was a God-fearing woman and was in prayer as the evening came on when suddenly she noticed, and, and I've heard this testimony personally from Sister Carter before she passed away. Her mother was in prayer. As the evening came on, she noticed a, a man's shadow moving down the kitchen wall. And as it moved nearer, it appeared to her to be the shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ. The shadow seemed to be looked, uh, to look toward the door, and Miss Carter was startled to see the likeness of a man walk through the door. From his photo, she knew it was that imposter, Branham. So now the mother don't even have respect for Brother Branham. She ran to tell her daughter, and as she did, a car pulled up outside, and moments later, the real William Branham walked through her front door. Bible clutched in his chest, and Miss Carter fainted to the floor. Isn't it great that God was already dealing? God already heard that little lamb's cry. Go by the way of Carter. It doesn't matter the unbelief in the home. When God says, now's the time, he'll answer the prayers. Hallelujah. As Brother Branham mounted the steps to the porch, his spirit strangely seemed to leave his body. And he watched himself enter the house and move to Georgie Carter's bedside. Then his spirit and body came together and he said to the pitiful young woman, Sister Georgie, the Lord Jesus Christ, whom you have loved and trusted, met me in the woods and told me you would be made well. Therefore, I take you by the hand, in the name of Jesus Christ, stand to your feet and be made whole. Georgie screamed. And this supernatural power coursed through her body and she leaped from her sick bed. Her younger sister ran into the room to investigate the commotion, but the sight of Georgie dancing around the room was too much. She also screamed and ran through the open front door into the yard. Mrs. Carter, remember she had fainted earlier, hearing the outburst, rushed from the barn. 
I remember the barn sitting to the left of the house, fearing the worst, but stopped in the doorway in utter amazement to find Georgie sitting at the piano and beginning to play a hymn she had learned as a little girl. Praise God! And we were in that home in December 1993. God still answers prayer. But in closing, I wanted to bring you this testimony of something that happened just in this last week. And this is a testimony of a Sister Elena from Brother Tim Pruitt's church. And this is just yesterday. She wrote this. A week before Christmas. Can you hear a testimony? I was diagnosed with stage 4 Hodgkin's lymphoma. Two days after Christmas, I started the first of 12 chemo treatments. They told me that after four treatments, they would do a PET scan to see how my body's responding. I believe God is a healer. I've told that to anyone who asks how I'm doing. I told them I was looking to Him and believed He would heal me. This last Sunday, I leaped and danced before the Lord with joy and victory because I knew it was already a finished work, even though I didn't know how or when, even though there was no proof yet. They were singing, and this is all on the internet from Brother Pruitt's church. They were singing, what have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessedness with my Lord so near. Leaning on the everlasting arms. That sounds strange to many. But in the Bible, Miriam danced for joy when she crossed the Red Sea and the Egyptians who had enslaved them were drowned. Didn't we read about that Sunday? David danced for joy when he saw the Ark of the Covenant brought back to Jerusalem. It is an expression of extreme joy and victory. I knew my healing would come sooner or later because the Jesus of the Bible, the great healer, is the same Jesus I have served for 27 years. Yesterday, I had my PET scan and today I met with doctor, that's yesterday, before my fifth treatment. He informed me that the cancer is already gone. I had a seven centimeter tumor in my lung and multiple lymph nodes that were affected. That's the photo on your left. It shows all the masses and it shows all the lymph nodes and the, and the tumor that was in her lungs. In the picture to the right, you will see the before and after scan. The second is totally clear. He said, this is the doctor said, this is dramatic. I asked him if he sees this. And he said, this is something new. The nurse come over to express surprise and to congratulate us. Our God is mighty in battle. If we don't praise Him, the rocks will cry out. What a wonderful God He is! Hallelujah! God answers prayer! She texted me today, Brother John, God did this as a testimony of His healing power and I am glad for it to be shared by anyone. I cannot thank Him enough for being with me in many dark hours and now for it to climax with a total deliverance is beyond wonderful. I lived each moment in expectation of this every day. And maybe this will encourage someone else to realize we serve a living God. He's in this building right now. Her husband is Brother David. He's a deacon at Brother Tim Pruitt's church. And this afternoon he texted me, Amen, an absolute miracle. He works at the hospital also. 
I showed the PET scan to an Indian, East Indian surgeon that I work with, and he even had to testify that it's a miracle. And his wife is a head and neck anolic person. No need to hide this under a bushel. They gave us permission. Show the pictures. Give the testimony. I believe that God is present with us. Brother Jose's son went through the prayer line and gave... Is he here tonight, Brother Jose? I'm missing him. Stand up. Our dear brother went through the prayer line with flat feet. Been in pain for many, many years. Saturday night at the prayer meeting, he just... Uh, at, the, at the winter camp, I'm sorry. And he just felt a pain go through his feet. And after the service, he said, I'm totally healed. The next service, I said, how's your feet? I'm healed. Friday night, he gave testimony. He's been healed. I asked him this week, I said, how's your feet? No pain. Our God's on the move. God answers prayer. Don't be sitting in the seat of the scornful now. Friends, don't get skeptical now. It's after nine, so it's our time to go. But our last scripture, I wanted to remind you of Judges 6. We're not going to turn to it. But that is where God told Gideon to throw down the altar of Baal and cut down the groves. That's Judges 6, 25 and 26 says then, build an altar unto the Lord. It's not just hewing out all the evil and the sin and kicking out the trash. It's building an altar. Apply the token in prayer. Build an altar. We don't have the time to turn to that. But that's right in the scripture. That's our example. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Find your prayer closet. Find your personal time. Watch the Spirit of the Lord come upon you. He wants to do more for us. He is doing more for us. Something happening in the body globally right now. Don't miss it. Don't get caught up in just home problems, domestic affairs. Don't let anybody take it out of you. Be strong in the Lord. This is the mystery. This is what God wanted to unveil was to bring you to the surface. There's a bride that loves my word, loves my appearing. Get alone with God. What's done in private will come out in the public. God bless all of your hearts as we bow our heads together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise your holy name, Lord. We want to give you glory tonight and praise us. Believe in another book of Acts is already happening among us, Lord, and you're moving in our families. It's already been spoken. It's already done, Lord. So, Lord, we're going to go rejoicing tonight. Out into this cold winter night and the, and the snow is down, I pray for safety for every person. There would be no accidents or no misfortune, but every person would go back home and rejoice. May their hearts be set aflame. May something be pulsating so back and forth within their hearts and their spirits that even their bodies would be affected. Cause daddies and mommies to kneel down. Gather the families together. Speak to one another. If a family's broken or a heart is broken or someone's single, 
Let it be on our lips. Let it be the restoration of the prayer life in the family. Lord, restore it, O oh God, I pray. We're committing this service to you. The seeds that have been sown, the testimonies that's been read out and declared, the scriptures that have been read, Lord. We love your word, God. May a furtherance of your word come to pass in all of our lives. Lord, I know there's unspoken requests. There's needs that are among us. There's burdens, Lord. There's some that come early, as your prophet said, to the meetings. Come 30 minutes early. They're not just out in the foyer, out in the fellowship hall. They come right into the sanctuary. They want to come early. If they miss their supper, if they miss that conversation... I've noticed it in our church more lately. There's individuals that are coming straight into the house of God. Lord, don't let us settle down here and just become comfortable and lazy, slothful Christians. Lord, don't let our hearts become that way where it takes some calamity to get our attention. As your prophet said in desperations, don't let it take some tragedy to move us into desperations. But may there be a love. May there be something flowing out from us, Lord. God, roll away the reproach of Egypt. And if we need to help one another to identify areas where we need circumcision, let us not be so easily offended, Lord, with one another. If someone says something to us and we know it's the truth, let us not be so quick to try to give an excuse or say how long we've been in the church or we're an elder to them or what right have they to talk about that. But Lord, let us humble ourselves and draw one another up closer and say... Would you pray with me about that? I admit that, brother. Sister, I admit I need to go further with God. Lord, would you give all of us in our church that kind of a spirit, that kind of an attitude? Restore the prayer altars in our lives, Lord. Family altars. Altars of worship. Altars of dedication. Altars where others can tell we've been with Jesus. There's something sweeter. There's an odor that comes out from a person. It's like the anointing oil on Aaron's beard that dripped down. It was unity. It's what can we do to bring it together. That was the prayer. That was the desire, Lord. Wednesday night prayer meeting. Wednesday night prayer service. We're praying to you now, God. Move our hearts further into this channel, Lord, where people can be lost. I can be lost. Hearts can be lost in your presence, Lord. Just the supper bell ringing, a buzz here, a ring there, the noise of the traffic. Let us get tuned in, God. Shut me away, Lord, in a secret place. There in your spirit, beholding your face. Give us hearts of Gideon, Lord, and Georgie Carter that had burdens, had needs, but 
They had patience until there came a certain day as our sister Elena finding out before Christmas, going right into these treatments. And it's been a couple months now. But her family, her heart, she was under expectation. Even when they cut off all of her hair and they begin to fall out and fall out. And, and she, what that can do for a sister. But she was so unashamed when the Spirit of the Lord moved upon her heart. She began to dance and sing and ran around the church last Sunday morning. Little did she know by Monday she would be getting a report. It's all gone. Satan is defeated. He's nothing but a bluff. He's nothing but a liar. Tonight, if you have need of healing, why don't you stand up in your seat and say, by his stripes I am healed. I'm claiming healing right now. It's already done. I'm already healed. Maybe there's a loved one. You'd like to stand on your feet and say, if there can be a lady at the platform, pray for her son that had amnesia and a prophet say, it's all over, that I'm standing right now in proxy for a loved one. Oh, Lord Jesus, go out to their hearts tonight, Lord. Who would like to apply the token now with your prayer? And say, Lord, I believe the Holy Spirit is upon me. It's in the Word. It's in the service. You are circumcising me, rolling away the things of this world. Give my heart faith now. Give us thanksgiving, oh God. Give our assembly praises, automatic praises, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Many are standing, even in the balcony, out throughout the meeting now, Lord. Take note, Lord Jesus. May angels take out their notepads, Lord, and send ministering spirits and angels with the softest hands by that sister that needs help, God. By that brother, Lord. By that young man in his 20s tonight. In the name of Jesus, give him an experience, Lord. Praise your name, Lord. I believe the Lord heard your prayers tonight. I believe the Lord can deal with that love, that, 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 that marriage partner that is in need of, uh, and there's a need of a unity. Ask God for it. Believe all things are possible. That our joy would be full. That our cups would be full. That we'd run over, Lord, and be full. See the glory of God, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's sing that song, Brother Ryan. We sang at the beginning. It's already done. It's already done. Hallelujah. Then we're going to let you go. Oh, it's already done. Amen.
Jesus. Go rejoicing. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Jesus. It's beyond feelings. It's beyond our good feelings or bad feelings. It's the Word of God. It's already done. Apply it now tonight. Apply it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We can gather around the table, Lord. Giving us a desire at this end time. Oh, thank you for an Elijah ministry that restored the altar, God. We can know how to pray, how to believe. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Ryan, can you sing the chorus of the song you wrote? We'll sing this as we go tonight, right before we go. We won't sing the verses, we'll just sing the chorus. the best. 